In the dark matter is polymerized Dibney cells. What the hell is dark matter and why is it in my cell? You're saying the walls of every cell in his body have elasticized? Saying they formed an unbreakable bond at the atomic level. Now you can stretch these cells and stretch these cells. Like silly putty. Like silly putty. I'm silly putty? No. No. Kind of. I'm silly putty. Well, who were the guys on the roof? Is it really the issue right now? Look at me! Alan, you and your Star Lab nerds better put me back We're trying to help you. We're not trying to help you. Shut up. Oh, my God. I see that. Yeah, you're lucky, man. I would. Oh, is that my face? Oh. Four years seeing this stuff, I finally puked. I somehow missed covering this story on Shag's Justice League International Bwahaha podcast this week, probably on account of how I didn't do any research beforehand, only looked at the assigned issue the day of the recording, and never read number five before today. That'll do it. Maybe a week of daily podcasts has worn me down, but I just can't get mad at this one. Skipping the flashbacks in favor of editor's notes probably helps, but I figure it's mostly that I like the Adam hanging out with his old satellite era Justice League buddies. The bold new direction horse is well out of the barn by this point, so might as well take comfort with the sheep on the pasture. Not like that. I'm clearly not good at metaphoring. Metaphorizing. Webster says metaphorizing. Who knew that kid would pick up such big words hanging out with Alex Harris? The December 1988 cover dated Power of the Atom number 5 story, Comings and Goings, is by Roger Stern, Dwayne Turner, and K.S. Wilson. Ray phones into the CIA office of Everett Bailey, who freaked out over both the security breach and the prospect of having the perpetrator in his stable of operatives. However, Ray nod-dogs the CIA, then phones out with a little explanation. Bailey pitches a fit and lets slip that he might have had something to do with Operation Fireball in front of a non-corrupt subordinate. Scene shifts to the sunny beaches of San Clemente, California, specifically a cliffside mansion. A mobster and his towering henchmen make a bunch of time puns and prepare for a well-researched confrontation with the Atom, like we didn't already know that this was Kronos. It's the only Atom villain that anyone can name, assuming that they could name an Atom villain, which is not a safe assumption. You're more likely to get someone like Vandal Savage from a DC's Legends of Tomorrow Watcher. It's been over a decade since the last attempt at an Atom ongoing series. If you don't teach your kids at home, there's no telling what they'll pick up on the streets. The Atom next phones into the New York Embassy of Justice League International, a call that startles Oberon right off his bar stool. Despite scoring a direct extension to the super team at their current number, the Adam still plays off like, I don't recognize any of these team members from the on-screen duty log. What, you couldn't ask Norman Brawler? Yo, who's John Jones and Batman been teaming with since I've been gone? Plus, raise one of those the Batman people. Dude, you were never cool with Batman if you're thying him. Fake familiar. Raise all like, I'm just here visiting, not looking for a job. Where's everybody and what's your 401k matching plan. Also, Ray stays eye-to-eye with Oberon, which is courteous, except he instantly jumps to full size the second Maxwell Lord walks through the door. I see you, Ray. Eyes on you, bruh. Despite making all the overtures of being on the market, Max Lord is way too thirsty for the item's taste. Max is oily to begin with, but Ray has got to know by now that nobody that hot for the Mighty Might is offering a good scene. Maxwell Lord once used his superhuman persuasion powers to force the Huntress onto the team, and her superhero ability is Crossbow. She can use a mechanized weapon from 650 BC, I don't think she's a master with it or anything, and I think archers laugh at their accuracy, and there's barely a competitive sport for crossbow, so it's kind of like being able to set the recording time on a VHS at this point. Related, my father is too cheap to spring for broadband, and still uses multiple VCRs to tape his broadcast shows each night to avoid commercials. He's the huntress of VCRs, but I'm not recruiting him for my super team or anything. Most of the JLI are in outer space trying to fly to Apocalypse, which seems inefficient, and that's what Oberon tells Ray. Mike's Amazing World of Comics 
Phoenix then lost its mind over the glaring continuity error of only part of the team being in space and the other part staying on Earth to fight Lobo and don't even get him started on the European team. Whoops. JLE forms after invasion, so my joke has a glaring continuity error. Calm down, Mike. When people ask me how I'm doing, I don't bring up my hemorrhoids acting up because of all the time I spend sitting to work on podcasts. Thank you for your interest, but the league is in outer space this time. That's all you gotta say. We'll pass a message to Martian Manhunter when he gets back because the Batman damn sure won't be calling. Ray's still playing off the who's this Captain Adam that stole my name while I was gone, despite knowing he came out a year and a half after the Charlton hero. But I don't know him, right? Despite there being a perfectly good phone that he came in on, the Adam has to walk out the front door of the JLI embassy in front of a gaggle of reporters camped out there and still be like, no comment. You know what you're doing, Ray. Oh, these paparazzi follow me everywhere. I call them to tell them where I'll be. Everybody wants desperately to work with me according to my solo title and nowhere else. The Adam is the Lindsay Lohan of superheroes over here. The Ray then goes to a diner with a hat on, pretending that he hopes not to be recognized while racking his brain for anyone else who might be excited that he's back and could tell him how much they enjoyed his biography before he pulls a Greta Garbo. Oh, don't speak of my New York Times bestseller. I only want to live my life in anonymity while seeking out publicly known superheroes to be photographed with. He peruses a newspaper, which I guess is like the MSN homepage, but nobody who looks at MSN homepage hasn't held a newspaper before. Probably that very morning at Denny's. There's an article about the elongated man and his literal better half who everybody prefers to him vacationing in Florida. So Adam makes some more phone calls. Slag on the Tiny Titan all you want, but instantaneous travel by telephone is one of the best powers. I've spent literal days on a plane. I'll take that over I-beams, thanks. Ray finds his old pal Ralph Dibney and asks him how he deals with being a celebrity without a secret identity. Ralph explains that he's a fame whore who married a rich debutante who leaks their vacation itinerary to the media and will happily upend his life and move to France at Max Lord's beckoning in a few months. Ralph is named Ralph. Why even try to front? Elongated Man and the Adam team up to confront parrot smugglers on the high seas. You think I'm kidding. Like me, the writer has given up any illusions that Power of the Atom will last much more than another year. So we're going with armed parrot smugglers who wear penny loafers. Ray Palmer isn't looking for fame, so he keeps his name out of the papers when the Dibneys are interviewed on the dock with the perpetrators and dockers. I'm sure that was entirely down to privacy concerns rather than not wanting to be associated with parrot pushers in print like sad, desperately elongated man. And talking of sad spectacles, the issue closing teaser is tubby middle-aged Kronos burning his old clown costume in favor of a bland tunic that hides his spare tire. Not gonna lie, I'd wear it too. Ralph Dibney. I'll be damned. The ever-shrinking list of Pals of the Atom include Baby Skeletor, Chris Lydon, Dave's Comic Heroes blog, Doc Strange, Ed Moore, Firestorm Fan, Green Lantern HG I'll Be the Light in the Dark, I Was Joe Crawford, Jeffrey Brown They Them, King Dinosaur, MB, Shinji70, and Tim Price the Podcrasher. Shag also tweeted, The April Fool's insane rocketing through Power of the Atom by Frank is glorious. Favorite part is explaining what a Rolodex is to the imaginary millennials and Zoomers listening to this podcast. Wahaha. The preceding Adam-related program is a non-profit fan production. Any copyrighted materials contained therein are believed borrowed under fair use with no copyright infringement intended. Please feel free to leave comments either on the Power of the Atom blog or at Rollspine's Productions WordPress blog. You can also send us Twitter comments through Commander Blanks, my personal account, or through the Rollspine podcast Twitter. Thank you for listening. What if I had a job for you? I want to laugh really hard right now, but I'm afraid my face will fall off again. Let me train you. Train me. For what? To do what I do. Yeah.